Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition. Capture the drive, the joy, the excitement of running a business. Despite the restrictions across the globe, which impacted the movement of goods and services, these companies, uh, these companies, small business, small Jamaican businessmen, have expanded into new markets in Europe, North America, the Caribbean, and Latin America. We share the challenges too and how those in the sector conquer and thrive, all in one place. Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition, powered by the Development Bank of Jamaica. The Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Caramed, and Proven Investments Limited. Hello everyone and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I am Andre Jebenson and with me today is Rudolph Edwards of RE Construction. The R obviously for Rudolph and the E for Edwards. Now, if you do a quick scan of recent news items about growth, you will see a lot being said about the construction industry and what it means for the Jamaican economy, especially as we continue to navigate the pandemic. In fact, uh, earlier this year, in the first quarter of 2021, it was the only industry that recorded any growth. So, it is one that we should be talking about. And Rudolph is going to be telling me about his company and how his small business is navigating an industry that is dominated by the big players. We'll talk about the impact of the restrictions, but we also want to speak about what his outlook is like for the future after the pandemic and so on. So, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Andrew. All right, firstly, could you just walk me through RE Construction? Introduce me to the company. Introduce the listeners to the company. Tell me what it is you do, how it came about, and, you know, what separates you from the other companies out there. All right, that's a good question. Thanks for the question. Well, RE came about in terms of um, I'm a young engineer who wanted to not only depend on, you know, being employed, but, you know, to look at the entrepreneurship. Um, you find that in construction, when you're an employee in the industry, um, with a, whether it's a small company or a large enterprise, you, at times, in construction, has a, a time span, because once you're into a project, the, your, your employment is really the lifespan of the project. Most projects are between 18 to 24 months. You may find some projects go a little beyond, but they all have an end date. So over the years I've been in the industry after leaving past UTech, I found out that, you know, you had to be starting, you know, with either a new company or a new project, and you had some limitation with stability. You know, if you wanted to even seek financial aid, being that you had a contract, you found that financial institutions, you know, the, the, the approval process was not too much in favor of, you know, you as a young engineer. So, even acquiring a simple home at times in the construction industry, if you wanted to, you know, get, get that stability, it was difficult. So, I, I made a decision and, you know, decided that I would venture in somewhat entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, which um, that led me into RE construction. And uh, um, it just went on from there which uh, I try to make it become, you know, the best construction company offering the best services to the market and the sector. Right. So you had mentioned earlier, right, that 
um, based on what you were doing prior to starting your company, you were basically working on projects and that was unpredictable. But entrepreneurship is one of those things that people will say to is just as unpredictable. You're not sure what the outcome is going to be. So how did you mitigate that risk, the risk of starting a company versus, you know, just going out and do your thing whenever the job turns up? Well, I did some research prior to going into the, 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 that um, trajectory along entrepreneurship. And, you know, I found that once you start a business um, and if the business now becomes your business, the, the, the fear factor of failure is basically limited. It's there, but you you can make it work. Um, if you make it fail, the option is to either try it again. So navigating the, the environment in terms of moving from somewhat getting a paycheck um, from an employer versus now having to create your own paycheck, um, it had somewhat challenge but it had more benefits towards you know you can set your target you can push harder if it's required mm -hmm. or you can make um, larger sacrifices if, if it's required and um, that just led to me um, pushing through each day um, it also led to me in the, being an entrepreneur at the time it increased my net uh, my networking um, um, possibilities I met a lot more persons you know, because when you're with a company, you don't interact as much. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it had a lot of pluses. So that that transferred into somewhat momentum. Um, but it was like a catalyst in terms of, you know, being in business. So it just kept pushing and I kept um, taking it day by day to where it's at now. Okay, but then at the same time then, you also took on the responsibility uh, I guess you can say providing for others the same position that you were coming out of. Was that any added pressure to ensure that your staff is um, paid at the end of the week or at the end of the month or the fortnight? Yes, that, that no, the, the, my position changed in terms of, you know, having staff members, having, you know, persons depending on you to provide that um, employment mm -hmm. and uh, ensuring that they get paid at the end of the month, but the the process, how I started based on the research that I did, um, persons were mainly looked at engaging them for the project which we had. Um, at the time, we started out directly having persons employed to specific projects, but we somewhat looked at having a more long-term business plan which moved into having persons not only contracted the project, which I had suffered in the past, um, with the uncertainty of once a project ends, your job is no longer valid. Um, so we moved into look, looking on project management in terms of um, expounding beyond it in terms of construction, and that led us to having persons full-time. It was a small force, uh, but we had, you know, we, we, through the couple months leading in the years, we found persons who were high performance and um, they ended up working with us for a while and that's where we built from that and, and providing the security for them. So what I did as the, the, the managing director, I was always maybe say a year to two years up ahead of the whole project and, and the business plan uh, processes to ensure that 
um, looking at what we have as potential work to, to, to get and also work which were ongoing to ensure that if we saw along the horizon where we would have challenges to maintain stability for employ employees, we would, you know, have enough time to sensitize the, the main staff and, and protect them from any impact. Um, I remember once when the pandemic just came out, um, we will, was already having discussions with our primary banker for, for financial support, which when we were planning, the bank was actually working on a pilot project, project which would stimulate COVID impact for a small MSME business. So, you know, once it came um, to the reality of COVID, we were already had we had our loan support system already in place, and we were able to maintain our staff throughout the first year of the pandemic, mm -hmm. where we did not um, send anyone home. So it's all about how you plan it, and and to staying ahead, and also having the, the the whole foresight of your your staff, you know, and having the team output. Right. So you you, you mentioned something just now that I wanted to expand on because you. You mentioned project management, but you're a construction company. So tell me, tell me about the merger of those two. Right. Um, what we found, um, which is happening in the industry, um, a lot of companies or construction um, companies over the years, um, we have good builders. They are very excellent builders, but the the the, the trajectory where the the industry went within the last five to ten years, you found out that stakeholder management became, you know, a high demanded um, requirement. You know, clients wanted to be informed, kept informed, you know, financial entities who were involved in the project needed um, cost control, you know, financial tracking, forecasting of projects. So the, the, the traditional companies were, you know, in the industry, they were good at implementation. But post-construction, you know, we found that a lot of um, challenges occur. If you had, you know, issues with client contractor, which led to arbitration or, you know, dispute resolution, the documentation was a bit off. Um, so we looked at not only construction, we looked at the project management entity um, to say how could we merge it into, you know, construction project management. So that's one area we looked to. We, we transcended into what we found while going into that era. Uh, we, we also realized that a lot of projects who were, you know, experiencing challenges which they were either behind schedule, over budget, or they, they were just having issues with closeout. Uh, we found based on how we did our project management um, process, we became, we found a niche to close out projects who were basically behind schedule or had a cost implication. So, you know, we found that our method for merging both construction and project management and, and just to expound the, the niche, it's not project management as the known project management as administrative. We found that anyone um, could take a role as a project manager. Once they can do, um, communication um, in terms of information matrix or communication matrix and also tracking and having meetings. You can be a project manager, but one of the challenges with construction is that you needed that element of 
construction background. So we merged it. And then we found that our project management principle, which we rolled out, was basically a full 360 circle. And that enabled where it cut down on the response for, for things where you need, you know, requests for further information or clarification from either a civil engineer, uh, architect. We closed that gap because we had the construction um, course. So we found that our method, which we applied, became a, a skill set which a lot of projects which are basically, you know, for, for a simple term, they are in trouble. We became a company which could resolve those projects, you know, somewhat stabilize the projects and get the expectations somewhat um, achieved what the, the client or if it's a developer or if it's a bank, mm-hmm. we, we found that we could stabilize it and get it closed out. So that right. was one of our areas which we targeted. So, so would you say then, then that is your competitive advantage? That is what separates you from from other companies that may exist, other small businesses or other construction companies that exist? Yes, I would definitely say that um, um, we we have shown it in the past of several projects attempted and closed out. Um, we find that um, you still have companies now which are now adopting more project management principles. Um, so, to basically be effective and efficient offering a full circle a full comprehensive, um, 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 you know, business service. All right. But when you when you look at the Jamaican landscape and when you look around and see some of the major buildings that are going up, um, whether they be business places or their apartments, and so they're dominated by by the bigger companies. Did you at all find that prospect? Um, intimidating going up against some of the companies that they may have better resources in terms of equipment and they might have better financial backing and so on? Well, that's a good question. And um, Andre, I may say that construction is a process. Um, it has a start and it has a, a, a peak, peak stage and it has an end stage. And uh, if you, you know, put it into perspective, you have a, a handover or a commissioning. Um, it doesn't matter how large a project is. Um, any one entity or the company um, has proper pre-construction planning. You know, you have the fundamentals, you have a proper budget approved, um, good design and a good construction team. Once you put that together, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a large or a small entity in construction, you can ex- execute um, any size project. Because the project does not start at 100%. Start, once you mobilize, you may start at a 5% process and it grows into that large project. Mm-hmm. So what you find happens, the trend now is a lot of large international or somewhat some of the, the large um, local based companies still play in the field and, you know, they are making an impact. It's because they have established themselves to be known to do large projects. So for a smaller company getting to that arena, it's somewhat the due diligence would be looked on into the more, you know, microscope um, of review process because you don't have that, you know, history as doing those large projects. But it, the challenge for us, what we found out, um, is that it based somewhat our restriction based on our level of networking. Um, 
you know, because if you get a good reference, you can get any size project. And if you have the good um, fundamental and the good staff set up, you can execute any project. But um, as I said, we see the trend now where you see a lot of international companies coming in, and it has impacted some of the very long-standing um, established companies. Um, some of them have gone out of business, and they are very good companies. Um, that is something which, you know, how the evolution of construction um, is happening in Jamaica. Um, it's evolving where it's going to take an exchange where you're going to see some of these international companies start to adopt more local-based um, workforce and engineers because our culture and how we execute is somewhat different. So mm-hmm. they would have some um, point in time where there's a merger and then you may find it, the, the whole trajectory change where our local-based um, contractors you know, evolve back into the system at the forefront. Okay. But it will take time. What we see happening in the industry now, and the perception out there that it's a glorious time for the construction industry, and builders, they simply don't have enough hands to build now based on what we see taking place. But is that perception, though, the reality for businesses like your own? Well, it is, Andre. And... The, the industry is at the, a boom now, and it allows a lot of opportunities for small and large enterprises in the construction industry. Um, I would really like to acknowledge there is, like, especially one of the financial institutions, uh, which is now, uh, they're basically creating a, a trend in terms of having the, the type of financial instruments available which drive real estate. Um, I think. You know, in my view, I think they are a pioneer in, in, um, into the industry, which has created a lot more access for financing for, for projects, and I think some other institutions are taking it on. So it it it, it has a bright future. Um, um, person, some person may be cautious about the you know the construction bubble, uh, but we have to look at our you know our location as a country um, and our the whole innovative way how um, Jamaica can develop rapidly. Um, once that technology is, you know, has co- is, is out on the market, um, you see Jamaicans adapt quickly and they learn about the technology and they use it to the, you know, to the full potential. Um, so this housing industry, um, it will not. I, I'm not seeing it um, lowering. I'm not seeing it become exhausted because Jamaica needs. This type of stimulating development, the development drives the economy. And once it's controlled, regulated, it, it, there's no need for it to be constricted or even, you know, halted. It, it will not keep evolving, evolving, because our culture, um, we, we are a nation which uh, we are very innovative, we're dynamic. So it, it works for us based on how we do business here in Jamaica. Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the construction bubble because in conversations with friends or even my own consideration, when you look at um, where the prices are for raw material and then you have a contractor comes in and tell you that you're charging X amount per square foot and so on. And it seems then that it's now an industry where only 
those who have it, the rich people can actually build right now. Is 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 that so, or is there a way that people who can't afford the large contracts and the the the, the great A contractors to build? Is there a way around that? Yes, there is a way um, because it, dep- it depends on the design concept. The design concept drives um, the, the, the the output cost mm-hmm. and the final cost of any project, whether so, it's a house or commercial um, development. What has to be done um, in the, in construction, we have to look at what design concept are we planning on achieving, what we can build any structure, uh, building envelope into uh, um, any project at a, at a, you know, at a cost which will meet that need for the buyer who has a cap on their, you know, income level. So the design concept has to be agreed. No, in other uh, words, in other words, cut down on the bossiness of the house. <laughs> Is that what you're saying to me? Functionality. Build what's functional. Yeah. Right. So build what's functional and then apply the, 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 the processes, which is construction um, engineering processes. Uh-huh. Um, because you have a lot of co- com- um, countries in Europe, um, North America, um, they have done a lot of construction for dwelling homes using different um, material components and reduced costs. Um, we have to look at what those impacts are if we should use it here. Like if we use more timber mm-hmm. in our design based on where on the hurricane um, belt, mm-hmm. we know we have to look at how do we um, protect against those, you know, like a category five. Yeah. Uh, but it can be done because no, we, um, we, we, you see, the back, thing is, so, sorry, I'll let you finish. But the thing is, um, when you speak about a category five hurricane, for example, People will say, "All right, I I prefer my my um my steel and my block." But when you look at steel, for example, that is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a ton now, cheap. If it's more expensive than that in some places, they'll say, "Boy, um, but we just we just don't know if there is innovation out there." To replace the steel and the and the block and the cement that we're accustomed to. So, is there any form of innovation that would say, um, in Jamaica, no, that we can say we can use to replace the steel and all of that? Yes, there is. And um, there is a good point regarding, say, we use the steel as an example, which is a fixed component, and it has a high price um, point for purchasing. However, you can use different construction methodologies. Uh, for example, if you use block and steel, um, you can use a different method where you remove from block and steel to using formwork or building system, mm-hmm. uh, which will reduce the type of steel um, required in terms of the dimension and the, the grade of steel if you use a form system versus a block system. Also, how you apply the construction process. Example, if you are doing a, say a two-bedroom, three-bedroom, and you are able to use a, a building system which you can pour the structure in a monolithic way, meaning that it's a one-pour structure. You increase strength, which by having the, 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 the cementous element or the product also becoming stronger, just as strong as the steel element. So it's how you apply it. So as I said before, once we have a, a design concept, 
we can reduce certain requirements in terms of if there's a if when we, we assess a structure we require we, we realize that the steel element is the highest point, cost point. We look and see what other components which is at a cheaper or a lower cost point, which we can incorporate in the building structure, which will also increase strength. Um, we can just look on the whole design of it. So a good question which you a good point mentioned because steel is, is a is Steel is like a stock price. It goes up on demand. It's very, yeah. It moves liquid. So we can look at it. And there is enough engineers um, in Jamaica, um, even the, the tertiary level, teaching some young engineers coming out who can sit down, they can form a design committee and look at these things and um, not so much sticking on the, the traditional methodology, but looking at innovation, looking globally what, what's the trend. Because we have other countries throughout the world what experience higher natural um, forces in terms of disaster, um, which they have um, different designs and they, they, they are not impacted. So it's just how we look at um, global impacts regarding um, construction of dwelling house or commercial um, buildings and apply it here. And it can work. All right. So prior to the interview, when we had spoken, you had mentioned the possibility of a or what would be nice is a government stimulus for the industry um share share what you were thinking with the with the listeners well the construction it, it, it's a it's a process which drives gdp right um throughout the world if you look at most developed countries they all ensure that construction is part of their framework it's a core um, in terms of making the GDP, either stabilize the GDP or being to act, or, or act as a catalyst or, you know, somewhat having a, a positive fluctuation. Um, so, I currently know, uh, giving the government credit, they actually have a, a somewhat a driving um, method in terms of construction, which has stimulated the work uh, workforce, which is a lower grade workforce, like you said, the labor force. Um, so it, it's working thus far, but for it to be really infiltrated into the construction sector, we have to find a way where that projects which are being um, executed, it not only is targeted that a specific forces, right? Whether we look at developers who are able to get the financing or financial institutions who are driving these developments, but also have you know, entities such as master builders more incorporated into the process. You know, you have a lot of agencies, you know, you have housing agency, you have mortgage banks, having somewhat a more, um, you'd say, a consolidated um, force in terms of um, a commission which looks at the, 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 the trend, looks at the, you know, where the market is, you know, look at the demand, you know, look at our or geographical location and see what we can offer to our neighboring countries in terms of, as the government is saying, place to live, work, raise family. We have to ensure that all of it is connected into the construction uh, process so that you don't have, for example, one agency, they are building certain low-income houses and there is a next agency who is building a different um, type of product and it's not in sync with what the, the needs are. Yeah. So we have to ensure that we have it 
organized, structured, so that the end product is, the, the market is there for the end product. And, uh, you know, I, I remember listening to the, a program recently where, you know, persons were concerned that what is being built, you know, with who, are, who are they targeting these, these um, structures for? But what is happening, there, some of these structures are already, um, you know, presented to an international audience. So that's why we here might be saying, but we can't afford it. But the, the, the developers and the market strategists, they already know where their market is. We now here need to also piggyback on the concept and say, hey, we have, we have a local market. You have to also serve that. Right. And we, with serving that, you will be able to know what, what is the project uh, we need to execute and, you know, what is the design concept we need to work towards. You know, you have, um, you have a budgetary constraint, you have a scale point which you have to, you know, ensure that persons can purchase these products. So All it right. can happen, it just takes that committee to plan it mm-hmm. and to have it, um, the process maintained and executed and it's commissioned into the, the product. All right. So you're part of the Export Max program from Jamaica Promotions Corporation, which we know as JAMPRO. And that, that program is really about uh, exporting <laughs> and um, market penetration and so on. But you have a product that you don't export. So how, how does RE Construction fit into Export Max? Well, it, it, you, you can't stop it, you know. When I, when I first um, saw the, the opportunity with Jampro and I wrote to Jampro to include a construction um, company is that what it would have done is bridging the gap with our local construction companies um, creating a medium where Jampro would bring those foreign investors directly to the construction company and uh, and have that connecting um, arrangement because what you find happening you will find a lot of international um, companies want to come here to invest, but they end up at times when they do get here, by the time they go through the, the, the whole um, system of, you know, real estate, um, finding an ID location, they sometimes encounter somewhat frustration because some of the persons who they are introduced to really are not of the sector, which is construction. So you end up meet somebody or somebody or somebody, and then now, you know, that changes price point. The product is now become super expensive, and the feasibility is is really off the shelf. But if, for example, when I presented my concept to Jamper to say, if you have a hotel here coming in, um, to, to say like a boot system, like bill operate and all of that, once they come and they are interacting with uh, somebody who understands the industry, from design, permit approval, you know, a full turnkey, you will find that they can be guided along the way and, and see their investment, see the results, rather than somewhere along the, the way they are distracted and say, okay, um, uh, uh, unforeseen pops up and it, it may, you know, the whole deal is really off the table. Yeah. So when I presented my option to Jampro, they liked it. And, um, you know, that's one of the things we are trying to really get somewhat 
formalized and, and really having something like a, like a standard operating procedure, SOP, as how investors come. And yeah. if it's a development investor, you know, how do they ensure once they come and see the interest, how we ensure that the, the product is achieved. Okay. So that's what we have done. All right, Rudolph, not a lot of time left, but uh, I just want to get from you the fact that you, because based on our discussion, you seem to have, have it figured out and you seem to know where you want to go. So based on where you started, how this company started, uh, with your own need for your own financial stability and so on, and where you're at today, how, how do you feel about your journey in starting a business? Well, I've learned a lot. And... Um... I have also learned what, um, you know, in business, especially entrepreneurial business, it's a lonely, lonely road. And you, you, you also find out, you know, who your true friends are. So I've learned a lot personally. And, um, it, it, it has its ups and downs. It, uh, it, 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 it's very rewarding. However, you, it's something what you have to, it's not a thing which they say you have to have, like, you know, persons would say you have to have passion or you have to have love for it. Construction or being an entrepreneur in Jamaica is something what you have to decide on doing and get it done. And, and through doing it, you have to, if you want your business to, to evolve or, or sustain it, 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 its existence, you have to, you know, go the long haul. Um, you know, you have to always do the right thing. A little room for error as well, right? The, the, the room for error, you know, I, I said to someone that there's really no room for error. You, you know, you have to just, as I said, do the right thing, keep doing the right thing, and you have to learn each day. And it's not only learning from your mistake. You have to just, generally, you know, you have to learn each day. And with that knowledge, you have to just keep going. All right. Keep going. Where are you going? Well, for now, for, for RE, um, the, as I said, the industry, um, for, in terms of speaking from an RE standpoint, we have been impacted by the COVID. And, um, you know, we have to now look on, you know, strategic ways as not in the past, like we could do five, six projects, but just to do a single project uh, because of the level of uncertainty, uh, because clients are no more looking on, you know, the, the, the different environment, meaning that, like, example, persons are working from home versus needing a commercial space, you know, so it, it's a little bit more different based on the, the, where the pandemic has, has pushed the, 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 the construction sector, yeah. you know. But, um, but Ari, um, as I said, um, as each day, I take on each day, I'm more looking to say, you know, not so much venturing into the unknown, but to be more calculated and to be more, you know, to, to not say only do projects which are sure, but to do projects which um, the support mechanism from the client, um, it's more, they, are, they, they know what the objective is. And with that, you have that as a insurance to ensure that they will support you with that ticker team. All right. Because that, that is very important. And you're able to balance life, 
a business. And I guess you have to add COVID to the mix now because it's just like a natural part of our lives now. We're able to balance all of those three. Well, COVID is now, as I said to a friend of mine, COVID is like you would have a light bill to pay. You know, you, 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 there's no way of going around it. it, it it's here. And even if we, you know, the government is doing a good thing where they're ensuring that persons are vaccinated and um, to increase, you know, how we can function, the whole functionality of the population. The fact of the matter, um, based on how COVID um, is transmitted, our, our, it, it, we have to you know, maintain our, uh, the, the COVID protocols. And I think even if we get somewhat the whole COVID impact under control, our hygiene approach, uh, you know, how we interact with individuals, I think that's just here to stay. Um, I think, and this is a, a personal view, I think why Jamaica has really, you know, managed to fight COVID. Um, we, we really, um, has, we have adhered to the, the, the rules. We have really looked at it. Persons who have found the challenge to, to adhere to it, um, over time, based on some personal impacts which they may have encountered, have now seen where the protocols of the government has instilled. They do work. And um, I have looked at it as a company. And um, it, it, it's a simple process. It, it, it's there for you and just apply it. And it, it will also make your company, um, put your company in the position to navigate through the process in terms of how to protect yourself against COVID or, you know, preventing the spread of COVID. Because um, for our sector, construction, even though you have the COVID protocol, once you have a registered project executing, you have privilege which you can go to your project under the protocol um, in terms of amount of staffing and the, the distance, um, space distance apart. You can still do your construction project. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, it's just something which it, it, it's here. And we can't be so much looking too far when it will go, but we have to manage it. Manage the COVID, manage the process, manage the impact. Through all this pandemic. All right. All right, Rudolph, thank you so much for sharing your entrepreneurial journey. Thanks for sharing some of the knowledge you have. I think people will benefit from it. And, all right, thank uh, you for having me, Andrew. Yeah, definitely, and all the best for the future. And likewise, and same to you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Um, please join us next time for Impact in Jamaica. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition. We hope you caught a whiff of the drive, the joy, the excitement of running a business. We continue to share in some of the challenges and watch as the sector continues to find ways of conquering and thriving. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. This episode of Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition, was brought to you by the Development Bank of Jamaica. The Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Caramed, and Proven Investments Limited.